I'm blue, damn Three, two. Oh, what a day! What a lovely day! Hello, interwebs, and welcome to Close Up. I'm your co-host, Joe. And I'm Ryan. Who's never seen a Mad Max film. Can I convince him to try out the franchise? Find out on this installment of Joe Explains. Yeah, so far I'm part of the Blue Man group. I'm not really in the uh, Matt Max world right now, but that's just how my lighting's working right now. Well, see, that's the funny thing about Ryan not knowing anything about Mad Max, is that he doesn't realize he is kind of part of the Mad Max world. Fans of Fury Road will know what I'm talking about. He'll come back to this after he's seen it and laugh. Is there a Blue Man? Is there a Blue Man? Is there a... No, is no. the Blue Man group in Fairy Road? Sure. From this extreme long shot, we zoom into our medium shot. Tell me, Ryan, what do you know about Mad Max, and why have you never seen these films? I know Mel Gibson's in some of them. I know Tom Hardy is in the newer one in 2015. The reason I haven't watched Fury Road, to be specific, is because so many people told me to back in the day, and I just said no. Because too many people were hyped about that and not hyped about other movies throughout that year that I thought were really cool. It was a stacked year. It really was. Very stacked year. Did it come out in 2015? I think so. Yes. Yeah, 2015. So... And I think, what was the movie that came out that year? Let me look it up real quick. There are other movies I was talking about that I thought people should, and everyone just kept talking about. Kept talking about Fury Road, and I thought it was really overhyped, and there were some people that, who I trusted at the time, were uh, really into it. Or who, sorry, who weren't into it, so I just kind of, trusted them i was really into here's what it was i was really into whiplash oh sorry no this, this is, is wrong okay so what i have is the, that's the year last year so spotlight awesome. here we go here we go the big short Rev- revenant yeah revenant these Bridge were ones Spies, i cared about revenant Brooklyn, the martian yeah room i liked i was really those. yeah really into the revenant really into Moonlight, 2016. Oh, I guess that was early on. Freaking love The Martian. The Martian's fantastic. Martian was really good. I was really into those. And then I just didn't... I wasn't really into... I think I grew out of the... Like, the action genre, if I, if I can even call it that. And that phase of my life, I wasn't really into that. I was becoming a bit more of a snob. But I know it's good. I've heard it's very good. Uh, I've seen clips of... The, the practical effects and the VFX and how it's all integrated in. I know the actors that are in it. But other than that, I, I know nothing except that they're trying to get water. I don't okay. know anything else. That's so, basically it. I was a snobby uh, teenager. And now you're a snobby man. Yep. How I got into Mad Max. My mother was a teen in the 80s. These movies were ones she readily went to and had fond memories of, especially the third, Beyond Thunderdome. Yet, she never saw the fourth one, for some reason. Even though I know she'd have a blast, so I'm calling you out, Mom. Watch Fury Road. Anyway, 
she gave me the roadmap to start these movies, and I got into this franchise sometime in my teens. Fury Road was my introduction. Saw that in theaters with my dad and my brother, and I had to watch the rest after the fact. So, that brings us into our close-up. I'm going to do my rough pitch, tell you roughly what this is about, and then ta take your questions. Water and gasoline. The two most important resources after society as we know it falls. There are those in this world who use the chaos as an excuse to adopt their darkest personas. Others try just to survive. And some just don't die, try as they might. Max Rokotansky used to be a police officer in the old world. Now he's a road warrior whose conscience compels him to help those who cannot help themselves. Can a little human decency save the world? Probably not. But it's nice to know not everyone out there is out for blood. Mad Max is the best series of post-apocalypse movies out there. Not only that, its franchise contains two of the best action movies ever made and two other solid ones. There are no bad entries. It's unabashed craziness with visionary direction by George Miller. If you like cars, explosions, arid landscapes, and crushing commentary about the real nature of humanity, Look no further than the Mad Max Quadrilogy. It's gritty, but not without hope or levity. It's action-heavy without letting you turn your brain off. It's depressing, but fun. And, as our friend Justin succinctly summed up the franchise to me the other day, it's fucking awesome. I'll take your questions now. Why, uh, so, uh, Mad Max, right? Uh, why, has he got an anger problem? Why is he so mad? Mental illness. Wrong kind of mad. Mm. Mm. Interesting. Interesting. He crazy. Apocalypse is, uh, is So Fear Road, is that a uh, reboot? Remake? And, and, and a sequel? The funny thing about Fear Road thing? is nobody really knows, actually. Hmm. The thing about Fear oh, Road George is... Miller. The, the very first Mad Max is set, interestingly enough, kind of before the apocalypse. He's actually... Society hasn't completely crumbled yet in the very first Mad Max movie. And he's still a cop in that one, actually. And right, things are right. beginning to get worse in that first movie, but there's still a bit of decorum left. But crime is definitely on the rise. Resources are starting to drain up. Things are just on the verge of chaos. But by the Road Warrior, which is the second one, the world has gone to outright chaos. And Max is just surviving as best he can in, in this already broken world. The third one, Beyond Thunderdome, is set way further down the line when in that one, Max is basically... I think he's being drawn by, he may be in a, in a horse-drawn carriage, I think, something like that. He can't even use his car anymore because gasoline is in such short supply by the time of the third one. And Fury Road, while they're using gas like nobody's business, and Tom Hardy's a lot younger than Mel Gibson was made out to look anyway in Beyond Thunderdome. So it's, if Fury Road is set anywhere in the timeline, it's somewhere after the first... It's somewhere between the first and the third. It's not a reboot, but it's kind of unclear when it's supposed to be set. It's just a 
Mad Max. Is his name not, is Tom Hardy's character the same character? Or do they just never say his name? Some people actually think it is a different character. There's been theories about that. Do they call him Max in the movie? Yeah. Yeah, he's... Interesting. Well, not that there can be more than one Max in the world. Some people think he's... I've heard some... I think it's said... um, Some people think he's the feral child from Road Warrior. He's not the real Max. Mm. He's just... Oh, yes, I've he's just, seen something like that. Yeah, some people think he's just... Oh, right, because he saw, he saw Mad Max when he was a kid, and then he just yeah. moralized him. Yeah, yeah some people think I've he's just that. taking on the, the guise of Max as a wanderer who helps people across the wastelands. He's just, he kind of took... Mad Max kind of just became this heroic persona in the wastelands, some people think. I think he is just the real Max. And it's just another adventure set in that universe, but gotcha. that's just me. Gotcha. Uh, where's where's uh, is Sophiriosa? She's, yep. I believe, 20, 2015 first appearance. Correct. Where where's she fit in and all this? Is she a queen? Is she okay? So queen basically. Of water? <laughs> so basically the plot of Fury Road roughly is that there's this bad guy named Immortan Joe and his him and his guys they control this vast reservoir of water so they basically become dictators of this area by releasing a bunch of water whenever they feel like they kind of can control this waterfall with a valve so Sounds like a waste yeah, so everybody, everybody clamors to this place whenever, just to get any water. And he's got a bunch of these drivers who they think that they're kind of like... Um, like in Norse mythology, when they, the warriors thought they, they died, they thought they'd go to Valhalla. And these warriors are very similar. They drive, they drive cars for Immortan Joe. And they think they're going to go to somewhere special when they die in his service. So that's why they, whenever they're going to die, they spray their mouths with silver. Anyway, Immortan Joe has a crap ton of wives. He basically just has, well, they're concubines. He just, he... As you do, as you do. Yeah, he has all these women to bear his children, and he keeps them locked up in a cage, puts chastity belts on them. Keeps them locked away. But one of his top generals is Furiosa. And she manages to free all these concubines. And just goes on the run throughout the desert looking for salvation. And meanwhile, Max gets captured by Immortan Joe and has to escape. And in the escape, he kind of just ends up in Furiosa's path. And Immortan Joe's Mm -hmm. after all of them. So they kind of just end up working together. That's what Fury Road's about. Roughly. Interesting, so that, interesting. So that's who she is. And she's just in that one movie. But she's kind of the main character of that movie. Max isn't even really the main character of that movie. He's just the narrator, sort of. He's the guy who... It's, a, it's more like... Like a Mad Max adventure starring Furiosa. Like Max is here, but it's not his story in Fury Road. Hmm. He just 
This is just another crazy adventure Max wandered into, and the movie focus like we've seen three movies focusing on Max. Max is here, but he's not the focus of Fury Road. He barely even says any words in that movie. Tom Hardy pretty much just communicates with grunts and finger points, and it's all acting. He barely says any words, which is an incredible performance by Tom Hardy in that movie. So Charlize Theron pretty well leads Fury Road. She's fantastic as Furiosa. Gotcha. So, what what's the goal here? What is the what is the goal of of Mad Max? Is it just to be the last one standing? Is it to try to rework society and build it from the ground up? How how did the how did the apocalypse happen? How do like do we know what happened? What is the end goal for humanity at this point? Now, I admit I'm no Mad Max expert, but from what I know of the franchise, the big problem was the apocalypse pretty well started based on just resource drain. There wasn't enough water to go around. There may have been a, there may have been a nuclear war at some point. Things kind of just, and, what, and society slowly kind of just crumbled away as the resources drained, which is basically the driving thematic force behind the movies is pretty well humanity really only has this veneer of decorum and once all the resources are stripped away we revert back to our base itself our survival instincts we become we do awful vicious things to survive in the name of survival and society is really just a lie we tell ourselves to act nice. But once once all our luxuries are taken away, Mad Max is, this is what we're really like. But once again, it's not all that bleak, because you still have guys like Max, who were former cops, who Max just... He doesn't even really want to help, to be honest. He kind of just wants to survive like other people. But there are a lot of good people out there just trying to survive, but they're too weak to defend themselves. So Max kind of inadvertently just wanders into all these situations with helpless people or people who could just use his help. And he kind of just, he doesn't want to be there. He'd rather just survive and go off on his own. But because he was a cop once, he used to be a harbinger of law and order. His conscience forces him to stick around and help people wherever he runs into trouble. So he just, he attracts trouble like a magnet that way. And he he wants no part of it, but that's kind of the tragedy of the Max character. He's just, he doesn't want to be a hero, but he, he's compelled to be one just because he's, he's got a conscience problem. Right, right. Uh, Let's see here. So what... What makes, what is, what would you say is like a major difference from Fury Road to, uh, from the originals that really make it stand out? Because I've never, to be honest, I've never heard of Mad Max before Fury Road came out. I'd say the main difference between Fury Road and the others is the, is that Fury Road is just one non-stop action movie that movie starts action heavy and it never lets up it's basically just one long car chase through the desert 
it's just go, go, go constantly. High, high tension, high fast pacing, just intensity at all times. It just never lets up. It's one of the best action movies ever made for it's mostly practical effects too out in the desert, real car crashes, real car stunts, some stunt work and flames and explosions. And what they pulled off with that movie is astounding. That's why out of all the Mad Max movies, it's probably the best one just because of what George Miller managed to pull off with it. So I'd say that's the main thing. It's just, it focuses, it doubles down on the action way more than the others. Not to say, but it doesn't skimp on story by any means. There's a lot of compelling story that they managed to tell. Basically, that entire movie is show, don't tell. They don't tell you anything, really. It's all, it's all just, let's figure this out on the go. That's what Fury Road's all about. Just hit the ground running, and we'll figure it out as we go. And it's, it really is an incredible movie. The other ones are more slow-paced, especially the first one. The first one you really do feel compared to the others. It was kind of this, I think it was just this low-budget Australian indie flick made by George Miller that kind of ended up in an international hit out of nowhere. And you can feel it's lower budget. It's grittier than the others in many ways. It's got... It's something you and I could do with a small budget. That's how small it feels. Interesting. Then the Road Warrior, because the first one got popular, the second one definitely, you can tell, they got way more money to do it. It got... It went bigger. But once again, it's still mostly... I'd say it builds the world out a lot more. The other ones are more set in one place. And it's kind of just, the Road Warrior is about Max in this, in this little town that's being besieged by a bunch of raiders who are trying to take it over because this town, I think they have, a, they have fuel. And everyone wants the fuel, of course. So these raiders are besieging this town of pretty nice people. And Max, of course, needs fuel to get by. So he says, okay, fine, I'll, I'll help you guys out if you give me some, and I'll do what I can for you guys, is basically the plot of the Road Warrior. It's all set in this one little community until the ending. And Beyond Thunderdome is set in Thunderdome. Max stumbles upon another community. Once again, feels kind of compelled to go there, kind of learn the community, the, the society that's built up in Thunderdome. And all that. And then they go to a different place and kind of learn about that society. But Fury Road, you don't really stick anywhere in one place. Fury Road's all about the moving. So I'd say that's the main difference between Fury Road and the others. It's just, it's constantly moving, but the others are more set in one area. Just exploring the lore and the society of the one area they're in. But all of them have great world building. Okay. Interesting. But it's not a reboot. <laughs> no. That's so interesting. It's interesting how like simple it is, but also a little confusing uh, when trying to kind of put them all together. Let's see here. What other questions do I have? Let's see. Do-do-do-do-do.
Which one do you prefer, uh, Mel Gibson's take on Max or uh, Tom Hardy's? They both have a lot of really good strengths. I think Tom Hardy is a better actor than Mel Gibson. Like I said, he spends most of Fury Road going through that movie without saying a word. I mean, he does talk a little bit, but he, he communicates so much just through grunts and facial features and just body language. So his take on Max is a lot more restrained and subtle, which I'm sure would appeal to a lot of people. Mel Gibson is fantastic at playing unhinged. Mel Gibson, as he's going, is... You can tell, like, he, he doesn't really snap, but Mel Gibson's just the guy who could snap at any time, and you feel that. There's just this, he's kind of calm on the surface, but you feel beneath the surface the, the rage and the real, the mad part of Mad Max is just bubbling underneath him. This is a guy who could break with reality any day, and he really sells, Mel Gibson is better at selling the desperation, and Tom Hardy is sells more of the just the the kind of the anger and the frustration of being in this apocalypse but Mel Gibson's also great at being the the stoic reluctant hero so they both bring a lot of good to it but I I have to say Mel Gibson just because you know he's in three out of four he is Mad Max. Tom Hardy got one shot at it. I'd love to see him in more, but Mel Gibson made the character. He's done the character the most. So un unless Tom Hardy gets more of a shot at it, I gotta go with the original on that one. Interesting. Interesting. Interesting take. Do 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 do. I'm just trying to come up with more questions on the fly because yeah. it's such a such a simple story, and um doesn't seem like there's that many questions to be asked, and you've probably brought up a lot of good points that have kind of overall um uh, answered all my questions. I kind of lost my train of thought there. Would you say where, where's the best place to start? Would you say from just Mad Max or Fury Road? Okay, now I have a couple different points. One is specific to you, which not a lot of people would bring up. The I'd say the real gateway in would be, for most people, just you guys listening out in the audience who've never seen Mad Max before, I'd say the place to start is Fury Road. It's the most modern. It's the most flashy. Like I said, it, it's definitely among one of the best action movies ever made. For real, you if you're an action movie fan, you shouldn't be disappointed. Otherwise, I don't know what kind of taste you have in action movies if you don't like Fury Road. But it's really well done. It's just a good movie. It's also because it's an interquel or loosely connected. It doesn't really have anything to do with the plot of the first three. But actually, come to think of it, all the Mad none of the Mad Max movies really have interconnected plot. You can just pop in any of them, and it's just a dude, just a lone wanderer, finds a place. That's one of the Mad Max series' biggest strengths, is that it's loosely connected. There, You can pop in any one at any time and just get the story. But if, you, if I have to watch any of them, I'd say Fury Road. 
Second best one is the Road Warrior, for sure. I, a lot of people would say Beyond Thunderdome is great. I don't love Beyond Thunderdome. It's like I said, there's no bad entries in this franchise, but Beyond Thunderdome starts leaning into 80s cheese in a way that I'm not a fan of. There's good 80s cheese and there's bad 80s cheese, and Beyond Thunderdome starts leaning into that side that I don't care for. The first one mostly is hampered by its low budget. Not for everybody, and it's... It's the best post-apocalyptic series, but the first one isn't even into the apocalypse yet, really. So, I'm sure a lot of people would be turned off of it just from that. It's slower paced, it's lower budget, but it's it sets up everything. So, starting at the beginning wouldn't necessarily be a bad idea. I feel like if you went from Fury Road back to the beginning, it's definitely a downgrade. If you watched all of them in release order, that would be a good way to do it, too. But the other way I had in mind, which not a lot of people would tell you, is there's a Mad Max video game that came out in about 2015, which I'm going to go on record as saying is one of the most underrated video games of all time. Nobody talks about this game. Sorry? I've I've heard this, yeah. Probably one of the last video games based off of movies to be released that I can remember in recent times. Which isn't even necessarily true because it came out around the same time as Fury Road. And I think a lot of people wrote it off because they thought it was a Fury Road tie-in. No, no, no. It's got nothing to do with Fury Road. Not at all. It's just a standalone Mad Max open world game with killer car combat. It establishes the lore in a great way. You can just get dropped right into this world. If you've never seen the movies, This is just a really cool post-apocalypse game with a cool main character who's just haunted by his past and has this spiritual guide following him everywhere and there's a lot of weird stuff in in it too, which is part of the Mad Max thing. There's a lot of weird stuff that happens in a kind of spiritual way sometimes. But the video game is a great gateway in for gamers, I think. Because, like I said, I think this is one of the most underrated video games ever made. People wrote it off when it first came out. But everyone I've talked to who's played it loves this game. I'm like, why don't people talk about it ever? It's just, it boggles my mind. It's, mm-hmm. it's a really well-made game. Some of the best car combat I've ever played in a game. Maybe the best. Fighting cars in that game is so fun. There's races. Most of it is, a lot of it's kind of Arkham-style beat-em-up, free-flow combat, that, and fist-fighting, that's pretty fun, too. You get to explore the world. It's a big world to explore. So if you can get a copy of the Mad Max video game from about 2015, I highly recommend that one. You, as a gamer especially, might find that a good gateway into the world. I mean, of course, you could start... You can start with the movies too, but game wouldn't be yeah, a bad I've heard good either. things about it, especially being one of those like you see on those YouTube videos all the time, where it's like they review a game that's been underrated or they, that's been like an older game. It's always like this, like blank is a masterpiece, and we're just sitting on it. Sometimes they see like reviews of those types of games pop up, and I've heard the Mad Max game is actually very underrated. So. Yeah, very much so. I completely, I completely forgot about that. 
Da, 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 da. Uh, let's see, let's see, let's see. Mad Max. I was reading up on some interesting plots, or just some facts here. It was actually in development hell for a while. That uh, Miller had the idea for Furo back in 1987, but was in development hell. This is all on Wikipedia, so who knows how much of it is true. But it got delayed because of the September 11 attacks, Iraq War, the stuff that helped him with Mel Gibson, and then uh, later on he directed Happy Feet, and then <laughs> decided, and then actually Tom Hardy was cast in 2010. Wow. It was very interesting. And wow. uh, shot principal photography by the end of 2012, and then add additional in 2013, so. Development hell, wow, that's like decades worth. Yeah. That's crazy. I know he had some problems behind the scenes of Beyond Thunderdome. I heard, I'm not 100% sure, but he would just, George Miller's heart wasn't entirely in Beyond Thunderdome when he made that one, and from what I've heard, and it just, there were some production problems behind the third movie, which is probably why it turned out how it did. There was some other outside influence. It doesn't, it didn't feel quite right to me. And I know a lot of people love it, but I could tell there's something behind the scenes there. But yeah, I, I believe that that movie was in development hell for a while. And I feel like he's had some development problems with the next Mad Max movie as well. Because he's been talking about that for years. And I know that one, yeah. he was planning to make a Furiosa prequel. Was going to be the next yeah. movie in the Mad yeah. Max world. And am I wrong? Pay dis uh, yeah. After pay disputes between Warner Bros. and Miller delayed early efforts with the prequel, Furiosa is set for release 20 24th of May 2024. Is that with Anya Taylor-Joy? or? Yeah. Okay. That one. I believe. I know there's been some controversies that they didn't cash release they're on for that, because... Yeah. Is but she I, I, as a young Furiosa? Yeah. I'm not huge on the Anya Taylor-Joy hype train, to be honest. I think she's a great actress, but I'm it's just on one of those board. things where it's like... It's, I think it's just one of those when some people are like really into an actor, and you're like, yeah, I understand why they're good. Why do I have a red light on? Oh, because of my mic. <laughs> Roxanne. Uh, yeah, it's, just, it's not one of those actresses that I'm like super excited to go see, but I think she's a very talented actress. Love her in Peaky Blinders and other stuff. I have to look up some stuff she's in, but she's very good. She's a very good actress, and I understand the hype train because she's very talented. Yeah, I'm... Like the Vich or whatever it is. I think she's incredible, and I'm looking forward to it. Because George Miller is, as I said up top, a visionary director, I think. I haven't seen a lot of his movies outside of Mad Max, but I think... Babe, Happy Feet. Well, I've seen Happy Feet. But, uh, yeah, George Miller <laughs> is... The, the mind on this guy for action is astounding. The Mad Max movies, like I said, two of them out of four are some of the best action movies ever made. And it would be incredible enough if he just did it once. But he did it twice. In the same franchise. I remember during awards season for the Academy Awards, there was a strong push for him to get the... to get the Oscar. 
and then he didn't get it because the Revenant was made. Revenant was fine. So there's that. It was fine. I liked it. I think it was more so the cinematography is what made that movie uh, so popular. So I don't yeah. know if it was, like, in terms of direction. Ooh, also, they had like, natural I'd... light or whatever it was. They had to move from Alberta to higher in the country because it got so hot. Something like that. I don't know. Yeah. I just, I really respect George Miller. Same way we were talking about on the ILM podcast the other week, how visionary someone like George Lucas was for having having ideas and following through with them. George Miller, I think, is underrated for what he did with the Mad Max world. When you think of the post-apocalyptic genre is a big one. There's a lot of different kinds of post-apocalypse stories, whether it's sci-fi, far in the future, Earth's been destroyed, the fallout of nuclear war, zombies, natural disasters, what have you. But Mad Max trumps them all. Mad Max is probably what you think of. Even though you've never seen Mad Max, Mad Max is probably what you think of when you think of post-apocalypse. It's the dude in the leather jacket wandering through the desert. Probably has, uh, you know, he's got a dog with him. You know, that <laughs> as the sawed-off shotgun. That's Mad Max. Yep, yep. That's the road warrior. That's the image everyone thinks of when they think of post-apocalypse. So much so, Fallout copied it twice. But... That's pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, um, it's kind of like when people think of the superhero, they think of the silhouette of Superman. When you think of a guy, when you think of a dude surviving post-apocalypse, you think of Mad Max. Mm. And that yeah, silhouette. I just remember, I remember during award season, or just Oscars in general, Mad Max just kept winning. Just for the technical awards. And my, I remember people in my family were like, oh my god, are they just going to win freaking everything? Yes, and it at was that mind time, that's And at that time, that's when uh, me and a buddy of mine were in a focus program for film. And mm -hmm. we had a group chat about it, and we were talking about it. And there were a lot of people who thought it was really good. A lot of people thought it was okay. Uh, it might be a Those people are contrarians. Whoever said it's just okay <laughs> is a contrarian who was just trying to cut against the grain. A technically well-made movie is a technically well-made movie. There was a guy in my class who was really into boyhood. Yeah, And that was right. around the same time. It's good, but it's... And uh, the idea of a movie being filmed over 12 years was... He was really into that. Yeah. But yeah, I just remember, and even people in my high school, like, holy crap, Mad Max is just winning everything. And I guess people were just so into how, like, action-y it was that uh, it was winning all these awards. See, it's not and just I the action, all the important ones. Yeah, because the Academy doesn't like popular movies, even though no. there was a lot of thematic weight behind it. There was a lot of interesting... Best costume design, best production design, best makeup, hairstyling, best film editing, best sound editing, and best sound mixing. Which if you don't know, is now one category, best sound editing and mixing, because Hollywood doesn't understand the difference. Hmm. And they gave best sound editing or mixing to Bohemian Rhapsody and not 
what is it? Quiet Place? That's what it was. How dare they? Nobody. It's not the same. Nobody should take the Oscar seriously anymore. That's the. Uh, that's, that's my opinion. Thing. I haven't yeah. taken them seriously for many years. They're just a joke now. But they yeah, do they give me. me with that. They disappointed me with that whole. Um, Freaking uh, Oscar ceremony when they were basically hyping up that Chadwick was going to win and then made an NFT about him mm-hmm. and then just gave it to Anthony Hopkins, which I haven't seen the movie, but I've heard Anthony Hopkins killed it. Oh, he's incredible. I think that, he... After that, I was so mad. Like, he deserved it as much as... Yeah. Chadwick did, yeah. Well, I mean, he deserved it. Chadwick... I mean, I didn't see the movie Chadwick was in, so I, I don't really good. know. It was very good. I don't know if it's one of those... You could tell he knew it was one of his, like, last things that he was going to do. Yeah. So he put his heart and soul into it. Like, he goes through the emotions of that movie. And even yeah. Viola Davis in that movie does a very good job. Yeah. Ma Rainey's well, Big Black Bottom. It's on Netflix. You should see it. Yeah, it's on my. it's been on my list for years, but I don't get to movies very often. But I, I'm sure he no, was really don't. good. I will say, I got to say, Anthony Hopkins was amazing in The Father, though. The Father is incredible. But mm-hmm. the Academy does not like popular movies like i said the only reason i take them the least bit seriously is because they don't really pick the best movies but they do still pick okay movies sometimes so i i always look at the list of best picture what's nominated for best picture and i figure well i should get to these eventually they're probably worth watching even though they're not the best movies of the year so i'll give them be honest i don't even i don't even remember last year's oscar winners except for like will smith like, I don't exactly. really remember that much. I don't remember anything about that. I didn't even watch it that last year. That was the first time in over a yeah, decade I haven't watched I didn't it. watch it. Yeah. And then I... Yeah. Yeah. Well, whatever. We don't need to give more airtime to that mess. But, yeah. So, let's see. Mad Max World is also awesome because what I like about it is that it's a, a lived-in and abused world. It's it's all it's all practical. You never feel like they're on sets or green screens or the volume. Yeah, the volume or CGI monsters or any of that stuff. It's it's all gritty, hand to hand combat. Everyone's really dirty and out in real deserts and driving real cars and doing real stunt work. And the cameras are right in the action to the car combat is if you want to see car combat in movies the mad max movies are the best car combat i've ever seen best car well is it fair to say fury road's the best car chase of all time the entire movie is just a big car chase so yeah i think so fury road is the best car chase of all time in a movie and yeah that's that's a big selling point. Like I said, uh, lived in an abused world. It's it's got real grit, not this fake kind of grit. It's like everything. I feel like a lot of things nowadays that try to be gritty just feel too sanitized. You know, when it's like you watch it's like watching a movie set in the seventies, and you're like, oh, this feels so modern and sanitized but then you watch an actual 70s movie 
And you're like, oh yeah, I can, I can like nearly see the dirt on the streets in New York and <laughs> like it just, it yeah. feels. Because it's actually on the film. Yeah, it feels more lived in and real. One of my critiques, just all of media. This is very off topic, but you know how like, say, a blood splatter will happen and it will hit the camera lens. Or yeah. rain will fall in a video game and hit the camera lens. I, with a burning passion, despise that. Because it completely takes me out of the movie. Breaks I don't want to know that, that there's a camera there capturing it like i can't remember what it was but it was like a like a medieval time thing or like a gladiator thing there was sword fighting and there was like a blood splatter like right and then it hits the camera and i'm just like well now i know this is a f- film you've transported me into this world and like for a f- good few minutes it takes me out of it and i'm just stuck with this burning passion i just really i just really hate that like it just takes me out of it. It's like, well, now I know this is a production. It's not. I don't know why creators still use it. I re- I don't understand the the actual like uh, benefit to using it. I don't understand it at all. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I can. The only, uh, the most iconic example I can think of of something like that is the James Bond gun barrel sequence. It's a first-person point of view. That's different. Outside, That's like, different. In, I'm talking about when barrel. it actually hits the camera. Yeah, like during it's something that's supposed to be intense. Then yeah, I agree. Mad Max doesn't have any of that. It's just good, very immersive good. action, and well-filmed action. You never really think about the behind-the-scenes production while you're watching it, except sometimes. How did they pull that off? Because that's freaking cool. <laughs> I don't know how they did that. I've seen some uh, BTS stuff where they've filmed like giant explosions and implemented and uh, like added them in post production for Fury Road. And how they edit those in is very well done. Yeah. It's a great it's a great film that really utilizes the combination of both practical and visual effects or computer effects i should say you always accuse me of being anti-cgi but that movie is mostly practical but they use cgi only where they needed to what they yeah. couldn't do practically and even the stuff they couldn't do practically was more i'd say probably more for safety reasons than anything or just creating the environment like when they're going through the sandstorms and and everything, it wouldn't be practical to go through actual sandstorms, but they, they used it sparingly and to great effect. So, you got yeah. any, any more questions? I mean, you try to make a She-Hulk twerking reel. <sighs> Here's how you do it. You don't. <laughs> step one, you don't do it. Step two, read step one. <laughs> yes, exactly. Oh, boy. So my brother sent me a meme after that episode came out. It was like, this is what Tony Stark died for. <laughs> was yeah. that? But it's like, well, you know, yeah, I'm sure there's a lot of people twerking after Endgame. Let's be honest. A lot of partying. A lot of partying after Endgame. Yeah. yeah. That's the one thing that's not realistic in the Marvel movies is that they don't have a giant party afterwards after defeating the major bad guy, which I feel like they would do all the time. 
They had a party in Age of Ultron. That's the only party we ever saw, but... It's, it, it was tamed. It was like yeah. a business party. Who does that? Okay. I would get so, drunk off my ass. Alright, so no more questions? I'm trying to think off the top of my head. If there was to be a sequel with Tom Hardy, what do you think... It would be about, or what do you? What would you want to see? I'd want to see what we've always gotten. Just Max shows up somewhere he's never been, just on his travels across the Australian wastelands, and people need help. He helps them, and moves on to the next thing after probably getting screwed over in the process, which is pretty much always what happens. He always tries to get. He always tries to profit, but gets ends up being the good guy who saves everybody, but has, gets no reward for it, and if anything, is left worse off for it. But he always still helps again. And that's, that's the formula. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Just, I want to see... Somewhere cool that he goes to, some cool new community, some new tribal group or villain that opposes him. Just keep it intense, keep it action-heavy, keep it brutal, keep it Mad Max, keep George Miller, obviously. I wouldn't want to see a Mad Max movie without George Miller at the helm. Directed by J.J. Abrams. (laughs) That would just be one big lead-up to a mystery that never gets resolved. Oh. He somehow puts a lens flare in the desert. Somehow. He'll find a way. He'll find a way. Uh Uh-huh. Oh, man. Yeah, that's all I got, to be honest. That's all right. Okay, so... So I guess this is the end... Coming to the end now, and... What, if anything, did I say to convince you to get into this franchise and will you watch any of them play the game? What's what's the verdict out of everything here? Trying to get out of my old snobby self, which is still here. I do, I do, I did always plan to watch Fear Road at some point because I've heard the action's great. I love personal love of mine is like explosions that are actually real filmed because you don't see that a lot in modern cinema because of reasons I like Tom Hardy he's one of my favorite actors Charlize Theron's pretty good I know some of the cast in it as well like um, a couple of them a couple of them are from X-Men Zoe Kravitz and the uh, the other guy Beast Younger Beast, whatever his name is. Older ones, I've heard are okay, but the way you've described them, that it's just simple, and the idea of just Max stumbling upon them and just trying to get out of the situation. I do like a simple story, done right. doesn't have to be this over-extravagant thing. But, uh, yeah, I think you've convinced me to watch Fury Road, at least. Well, it's, like I said, they are... Oh, I'm glad for that. That's awesome. They're, they are simple, but they're smart, too, is, is another... Right. I, I, I wanted to... I don't know if I got across Not saying, not saying they're, they're dumb. Yeah, they yeah, got yeah. A, 
they have a lot of strong themes and make you think like they're good sci-fi stories. That's I, I should bring this up right at the end, but they're good sci-fi stories. They're not just good post-apocalypse. Yeah, I'd say I consider it sci-fi. It's post-apocalypse and interesting, interesting resource man. I consider it post-apocalyptic genres. I consider that science fiction. It's resource management and the stuff they do with the cars and it's just a it's a version of the world so they're about like a parable about human identity and philosophy and what would happen if you stripped this or that away so they are they are if you said take away your snobbish self you can still be a snob and watch mad max and get stuff out of it they are smart movies i mean they were Fury Road was nominated for Best Picture. It's not a it's not a dumb movie. Mad it's Max nominated for is, ten awards. Yeah, this is a franchise that you don't have. Like I said at the up top, you don't have to turn your brain off while watching it. You you do get you can think throughout it, but also they're just fun action movies too. So they they find a good balance better than most things. So. Well, I'm glad I convinced you to watch Fury Road at least and play the game too. I'm I'm pushing that. I have like 50 other games, Joe. Add it to the list. <laughs> I'm going through. I can't because there are new ones coming out. I will dedicate all my time to God of War Ragnarok. A new trailer uh, came out and it looks sick. All right. All right. Let's There's plug our socials. No, I don't want to say. Get out of here. Well. You can find me at Ryan Walker Official on TikTok and on Instagram. You can find me on Instagram and TikTok at ThoughtPlane Media and our Facebook page of the same name. Also, check out the close-up Ryan and Joe Facebook page for latest updates on the show. Find further film discussion and entertainment reviews on ThoughtPlane.ca forward slash articles. And if you'd be so kind, you can support ThoughtPlane Media on Patreon, link below. Also, be sure to leave us comments and reviews as that's a big help. And how about clicking that like button if you enjoyed this? We hope to see you on the next close-up with Ryan and Joe. Till next time. Take care.